This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 56 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. The world's top equine entertainers in one show. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Equestrian Collections brings the whole universe of equestrian shopping to your fingertips. Visit them at equestriancollections.com. And also to Easy Signs Online, the number one farm sign company in the United States. Order online at easysignsonline.com. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, where weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the stable, it's every week. We'll bring you the news through hell, hot water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. So sit on down and laugh till your poop, cause it's time again for Stable School. Stable School. Stable School. This is Glenn the Geek. And this is Helena B. And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Well, welcome back, Helena. Well, thank you. It's good to be back, Glenn. I know. I would like to say that you were off on vacation at the beach in uh, the Caribbean, just enjoying yourself, but you weren't. No, but I am um, enjoying myself. I am at the beach, and <laughs> no, I'm just not in the Caribbean. We moved. Yes, we I finally know, moved. You moved. And you moved into your new cute place. It is very cute. It's very old and it's very cute and it's not too far from the beach. So how far are you from the ocean? We are um, a mile. Oh, well, you can walk there. Yeah, yeah, maybe just a little, just a skosh over a mile. Wow, cool. So do you feel the ocean breezes where you're at? You, um, we're, yes, you do. It depends on which way the wind is blowing, but you can smell the ocean. Sometimes, like earlier this morning, I was able to smell the ocean from my house, and that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty neat, and I know you love the ocean. That's one of your passions. My, my ultimate dream in life is to be hacking my horse down a quiet country road with the smell of salt water in the air. So I've got the salt water part. Now I just got to get a horse I can ride. <laughs> and a quiet country road. <laughs> no, no there's, that's, there's quiet country roads here. Okay, Plenty. so you have that. You have that covered. Lots of rock walls, lots of natural. This is the best hunt country without a hunt. Honest oh. to goodness. There is, the footing is beautiful. There's so much open space. There's rock walls, all kinds of wonderful natural jumps. It's, it, it truly is. It's a, a cross-country rider's dream. Now, I noticed, I looked at the pictures on Facebook, and the, the house is cute as a Dickens, and it looks like you're, you're getting moved in there already. We're getting there. We still have some stuff lying around, but it's such a cozy little place that you, you, we really don't need half of the junk that we had in our other house to make it feel homey. Now, is the horse moved, too, or is the horse still up north? He's still up north. He comes down October 1st, and I'm going to full board him for a little while till we can get some fencing up and, and get settled in, and then I'll be able to keep him at home. Yeah, I noticed that the one field you took a picture of looks like plenty big enough for a horse or two. Yeah, I mean, you know, for a horse person like me, it's my friend's joke that I think every horse needs at least five acres to right, himself. Right, right, right. <laughs> but it's, it is a small farm, so I'm going to be looking into um, horse keeping on small acreage. But it's flat, it's dry, and the grass is, um, the vegetation is fabulous. It's so nutritious. So I think we'll be able to, um, to keep Zeke at least fat and happy on what we have here. Now, is it sandy soil? 
Um, not. I, I don't really know. Oh, okay. I, you haven't I, dug I, in the ground yet, huh? Well, my husband has. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> my husband has. And uh, the other horse people around here say that um, some have had their, their pasture tested and others have not. Others have just gone with anecdotal evidence on their horses getting really fat once they brought them down here. So um, we'll see. Oh, cool. Well, you we'll know see. what? I think you're going you're gonna to have fun there. It looks like a great place. And, and it has a guest house so my wife and I can come and visit. Yes, you can. That's right. Yeah. We we're like booking, we're booking the guest house like six months out now. <laughs> now. Let us know when there's furniture in it. We'll come after that, okay? Oh, there's furniture in it now. So oh, we'll good. See you on the weekend. Oh, cool. All right, we'll be there. Well, you know, Helena, we had to thank Templeton uh, Thompson for filling in for you last week. She did a great job. She, you know, she's just a lovely person. Thank you, Templeton. Yeah, she was in there two weeks in a row, and I think she was just vying for your job, wanting to kick you out. But uh, uh, Well, when I go on vacation, she <laughs> She did a good job, and of course, we had uh, Julie Goodnight on as well, and Jean Lambrecht, and we had a little roundtable that seemed to be very popular, and people in- seemed to enjoy it a lot. Jeez, uh, you were really lacking in the expertise in that show, yeah, huh? I know, I know. We, we did have... Uh, we did have our fill of uh, knowledge there, that's for sure. And there were some lively discussions about different things. So if you didn't get to hear that one, just go to stablescoop.com and listen to last week's show. And I didn't disappoint you. You you always accuse me every time you go away and I have to find somebody to fill in for you that I end up with like three good-looking women. And and I think I did pretty well this time, too. <laughs> Surrounding yourself with three. Yeah, I don't know how you do it. <laughs> I just call up and say, Helena's not going to be here. You want to come over? And... <laughs> And they all come out to play. So that was nice. It was nice. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I didn't, you know, I didn't have to say much. They, they pretty much, they, that roundtable, they just, they had their opinions and it was nice to hear them go at it. And, you know, Julie's always a good uh, arbiter of opinions anyway. You know, the, those are the ones, the roundtable shows, that, which usually happen in my absence, that I miss the most <laughs> because, you know, I, I started this whole, well, I didn't start it, but I joined up with you to do the stable scoop thing so I could sit around and talk about horses. So what, but, you know, and I always miss the best horse discussion. I actually think we need to do more of it because I, I, it is interesting. It, it, it elicits a lot of conversation yeah. and it's not, it's not question and answer kind of conversation. It just, it's spontaneous and I think it just makes for a very interesting show. Yeah, I agree. So we ought to, we we seriously should take a look at doing more of it. And you know they were very respectful of each, of each other, and there weren't a lot of talking over each other, which is difficult when everybody's on the phone. That is hard on, uh, you know, yeah, because you can't see the the nonverbal cues of right. conversation. Yeah, right. Which we can't see each other either. Most people think we're sit, sitting in the same place to answer everybody's questions. I got a couple of emails in the last two weeks about that. How we do the shows. Helena is a long way away from me, and we're both sitting in our, our uh, offices, and she is speaking from uh, her Mac to my Mac, uh, and our microphones and all our recording equipment and all that stuff. But no, we do not see each other when we record the shows. But so. we know each other so well that I can see you in my mind. Well, that's true. We've been doing this a long time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we know each other pretty well, too. And we actually like each other. That's, that, I think, helps, too. Most times, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do have an action-packed show for everybody today. Uh, you know, we, we did have, we, we had three guests lined up for today, and unfortunately, we've, we've lost connections with one of them. Tommy Turvey was supposed to be on today because this show is all about equine entertainers. 
Uh, we had three equine entertainers lined up for you, and it looks like we're going to have two on the show today. We missed Tommy, but we're going to get him on a future show. We just had got our wires crossed a little bit there. Um, but you know what? The equine entertainers that we have on with us today are some of the top in the industry, and I think we can say that one of them is the top in the industry now. Um, and that one, our first up today, and I know we're so excited to talk to her again, is Darlie Newman of the PBS show Equitrekking. And Helena, you remember when we talked to her back uh, a little while back, I think it was episode 49, I believe. It was a few weeks ago. Yeah, we talked to her. She was on her way to the Emmys because her show Equitrekking on PBS had earned uh, two Emmy nominations. That's right. And she and we were dying to hear her report from the I know. Now she's gone, and she actually has won an Emmy. So that's why I'm saying that puts her pretty much on the top of her game. That makes her a top equine entertainer. There's not too many equine entertainers that have won an Emmy. So we can't wait to hear about her walk down the red carpet there in Hollywood and and who she got to meet and all of that. So we're going to have her on here shortly. And then we also have, and I know know this, that... uh, I love entertainment. I used to own an acting company. We performed for 10 years. So I love entertainment, and I love what our next guest is, uh, the kind of show he puts on. Tell us a little bit about Denny Chapman. Ooh, Denny Chapman bills himself as a professional announcer, equine entertainer, trainer, and clinician. Um, He performs all kinds of super cool stuff, Um, Roman riding, mounted trick shooting, liberty horse acts, and... I'm so dying to talk to this guy because he does whip cracking, roping, and fire jumping. Yes. <laughs> Anybody who can list that on their resume is okay in my book. And he does a ton of shows a year. He's very popular. Yes. And, and he's he... an accomplished trainer and clinician. So, yes. you know, I think you need to have that foundation before you go uh, whip, crapping, whip, whip cracking and fire jumping. Yes. And, and trick shooting in, in large venues is probably... <laughs> But, but he, I mean, at the top of his field, I would definitely say that Denny Chapman is the fellow to turn to if you want to uh, fire jump. <laughs> Great. Well, so we're going to talk to Denny later. I, you know, he's also a professional announcer, and I talked to him on the phone here a little bit. And he just, he's a nice guy. You know, he just loves, want, loves, loves his work. Yes, definitely. And I can't wait to hear how he got started and how you, how you go from, you know, just being a rider into trick shooting and, and uh, fire jumping. I'm interested to hear how that works out. And I know he works with a lot of young people, too, on learning his craft. So mm-hmm. we'll have to talk to him about that as well. Yeah, which is nice to hear, too. You know, it's somebody who's who's been successful in what they do to then turn around and share it and give back to the community. Uh, Denny definitely is does a good job with that. Good. Well, we're going to get to both of our guests shortly. We're just going to do the commercial right now, get that out of the way so we can get our guests on because we're very excited. Um, Helena, let me tell you, Equestrian Collections is is uh, stocking up on even more stuff. They are, they, you know, they claim to have over $100 million worth of merchandise in stock at any given time. Well, now the fall merchandise is starting to come in. And if you're thinking about buying a blanket this year, if you need a new one, if your old one has holes in it or or uh, you, your horse stomped all over it and you just can't use it anymore, or it's just 20 years old and needs replaced, 
consider Equestrian Collections first. They have 19 brands of blankets and sheets, including Rambo, Rhino, Weatherbeater, Professional's Choice, and on and on and on. They have tons of them. So, yeah, when you're you're looking to buy a blanket again this year, go to EquestrianCollections.com first. Take a look at them first and, you know, check them out. Their prices are fantastic. Their shipping rates are great. So, you know, they're definitely a good option when you're looking for the fall blankets and also the fall clothing. There's nobody that carries more clothing than Equestrian Collections. That's how they started. They're a full-service tax shop now, but they, they were the place to go for, for clothing for riders. And their fall merchandise is coming in from all the major brands. They have a lot more than 19 brands of clothing, that's for sure. And they do still carry. She started out carrying the plus sizes when she first started years and years and years ago, and they still do carry the plus sizes. So if if you're in need of a plus size, Equestrian Collections is still your place to go, even after all these years. And they are also offering a $10 coupon right now for Stable Scoop listeners just for you. Uh, you can get $10 off an order of $120 or more when you're doing the checkout just Type in Stable Scoop, two words, Stable Scoop, and you'll get $10 off your order of $120 or more. That's coupon code Stable Scoop when you check out. That's all at EquestrianCollections.com, where you can find the universe of equestrian shopping at your fingertips for a price you can afford. Well, now we need to talk to somebody who's on PBS who does the show Equitrekking. Very popular show in the horse world. She's one of the very few to have a show about horses on major mainline TV around the world. Darlie Newman. And Darlie was with us in episode 49 before the daytime Emmys. And it was nominated for two Emmys, and she ended up winning one. And let's talk to her about what fun that was. Well, hi, Darlie, and congratulations on your Emmy. That is so exciting. Thank you. It's so exciting. We definitely uh, did not expect it, but we were very excited. <laughs> well, I bet you were. Oh, my gosh. She's we our first did, Emmy winner. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We were just so excited to get nominated. And then, I mean, we're sitting in there at this room full of people, and they're all famous and these big TV executives. And we're sitting there like, wow, we're here with Equitracking. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what did you win for? Tell us what the award was for. We won for Outstanding Single Camera Photography, and I'm really glad we won for that because if you've seen our show, it's really difficult to film our series in general on horseback, and the fact that we do it with one camera is amazing. So I was really glad that we won that category because I thought we deserved it. (laughs) Well, yeah, and you were up against some competition. It's not like you didn't have any competition. Oh, no. I mean, up against MTV shows and shows on A&E, and these are just much bigger organizations and production companies. We have three of us that are out there riding around the world doing this show. So uh, it's pretty amazing that we were even in there and in the category at all. (laughs) Well, now, you were nominated for two, right? We were. We were also nominated for Outstanding Special Class Series and didn't go to us. It went to MTV True Life which uh, once they got up on stage with like 30 people and, you know, they, they gave their speech and they said, yeah, we're so glad to get this. They've been on the, on the air for 11 years. Wow. And I was like, wow, that's, that's some really tough competition. And I even so. saw uh, this old house filmed up near Helena up there in the Northeast was, was one of them, right? On one of yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, so tough competition, but I mean, it just shows that um, the, the judges are looking at all these different shows and, you know, there's so many things on daytime television, so it was really exciting just to be there. 
And to have something that's so niche related. I mean, yes, there's the travel part of it, which appeals to everybody, but it's we can't forget the equa in equa trekking. I know. There definitely weren't any other you know, horse shows in the room. And have so. any other horse shows ever been, won an Emmy for anything? I, I don't know. Mr. You, Ed, I, maybe. Uh, probably. But, <laughs> even, if you, even if you compare, like, just not a horse show, like, have there ever been any soccer shows or tennis shows that won an Emmy or um, any other sports-related, you know, specific type of show? I'm sure there have been some sports-related, but, I mean, our show is just so different. Mixing horses with travel is just, it's new. I mean, I don't think it's been done before, and especially not in the way we're doing it. So it's definitely, I'm glad that the concept has taken off. Well, that's fantastic. Now, we'll be interested to see if your ratings, you know, if this has a direct effect on ratings. I think it's definitely helping already. I mean, we're getting some good press, and people are just, I'm getting so many emails and and responses in general, and people are just really excited about it. So we're really excited about it, too. So I think it will definitely help the series and definitely help more people see it. All right. We're just... We have to ask about the party. So (laughs) so now you... you, How was the red carpet? (laughs) By the way, you looked beautiful. Oh, thank you. I don't think the paparazzi knew who I was, but... (laughs) (laughs) Well, they will now. There were paparazzi there, and I walked by, and this one lady was looking at me and probably thinking, who is that? And I just gave a big smile and walked on down. <laughs> um, it was fun, though. There was a big after party after the show, and, uh, you know, there are just tons of different people. That, a lot of people I recognized, and I didn't necessarily know who they were. I think there were definitely a lot of soap opera people, yeah. um, which is kind of interesting. I don't really watch the soaps, but I would see someone and think, I I know who that is, and I've gone home and looked up some people. So did you get to meet anybody really famous? Uh, I was very close to Alex Trebek. Oh, really? (laughs) 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 Well, you know, I didn't think about it. Was Drew there? Because he's now uh, doing that uh, the the game show there, Drew Carey. I I didn't see Drew, but Wendy Williams was there. She's kind of gotten pretty big recently. She was a radio host for years in New York City, and now she has a daytime talk show. And she actually got up and was presenting some of the awards, and she's very funny. Well, she had her <laughs> whole room. Like, we were really laughing, so that was kind of funny. So this was and, for the daytime, so it'd be people like Rachel Ray and Oprah and all of those, right? Well, they weren't, they weren't at our awards ceremony, oh. but they were definitely receiving daytime Emmys. We had a bunch of people in front of us from the Ellen show. Ellen oh, did was you? not there. But, yeah, from the Ellen Show. And then there were all these little Bindi Irwin was there. Um, oh, yeah. That's Rachel's <laughs> favorite. Bindi the Jungle Girl. Yeah. So, she actually, she's with an animal category. I don't think she had a nomination. I'm not sure, but she was definitely there. So, it was fun just to kind of be there and stargaze and Did you come in in a limousine? And- no, we didn't. We uh, did you come in, in on a horse? Our, I walked on in my high heels. I thought about a horse, but gosh, downtown L.A., I don't know about that. <laughs> that would be probably our most treacherous ride. So what was the best part of the whole experience, you think? Uh, the best part was just being there with Chip and Greg. The, I mean, that's our crew, and Chip's my husband, and... That was just so special, and Greg was so excited. He's our Aww. director of photography. He's been doing this for 30 years. Is he the one his... that we saw in the video holding, holding the Emmy? Yeah. Yeah, okay. This is his first nomination, and he definitely deserves it because he's so talented, and he was so excited, and his family was there in L.A., so his children were, you know, trying to pick up the award, and they couldn't because it was too heavy. And 
<laughs> it was know, bigger than I thought it would be. It's heavy. <laughs> I don't know what they put in there, but... <laughs> so now, do you each get it for a third of the year, or is that how we're yeah. doing it? Yeah, we're yeah. going to pass it around and just <laughs> kind of have it. I, I said I want it under the tree at Christmas so I can wake up again and feel like, I've won again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the relatives will want me to make a speech, though, so... <laughs> Well, this is fantastic. We're so you, you have the whole horse community very excited for you. Oh, Congratulations, you. really. Thanks. And you're heading off to a very exciting place coming up, right? We leave in less than two weeks for Jordan. The country mm. of? The country of Jordan, riding in the desert, going to Petra, uh, visiting the royal stables, interviewing Princess Aaliyah. So it's going to be amazing. Wow, that's you're getting big time here. Princesses. Yeah. <laughs> How long will you be spending in Jordan? We're going to be in Jordan for two weeks. So mm. lots uh, of different Arabians I'll meet. What's the, I, yeah. I noticed you've been studying up on Arabians. I have been. <laughs> We've oh been, my gosh, been I've been following your tweets. I know. I'm doing a lot of research. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're, they're like any other horse, just a little flightier. Well, I rode Arabians in Turkey, and they were wonderful. So... I don't know. It'll be. We're spending the night in the desert with Bedouins, and the Bedouins have been breeding Arabians for a long time. Yeah, so that'll yeah. Be, I think that'll be fascinating. You and Nothing the like Bedouins. Nothing like going to the source. What, what did you say, Huima? Nothing like going to the source. Yeah, I know. Seriously. <laughs> if you want to learn something about Arabians, you go to the Bedouins. <laughs> yes, and that's what we're doing. <laughs> What's the weather going to be like over there? I think it's going to be hot. <laughs> It's always sort of their summer. Well, I mean, it is the desert. Dumb question. Yeah. I was talking to someone um, just a couple of days ago who's been to Jordan a lot, and they were saying, yeah, definitely you're going to want, you know, light clothing and long sleeves because the sun's going to be intense and all that kind of stuff. So it should be pretty warm. But I don't think it'll be as hot as it's, you know, been over the summer, which is nice. And we're not at war with Jordan currently, so you should be safe, right? We should be fine. Okay, good. Just checking. The Arabian horses are fast enough, so at least we'll we'll be okay with that. Yeah, no kidding. If you if you got to get away fast, I'd rather be on an Arab. Yeah. <laughs> well, Darley, you have a great trip. We cannot wait to see the results of your trip to Jordan. That'll be fun. Yes, works. It'll be two episodes, so lots of good stuff. Now, how how long does it take? Like, you'll be filming those next week. When will we actually see them on TV? Um, you'll either see them in January or May. We haven't decided on the release date yet, but it'll be winter or spring, so okay. not too far away. All right, great. Well, good luck. You have a lot of fun, and congratulations again. Thank you. Wow, what a great job. I'm so happy for uh, Darlie and the Equitrekking crew. It was definitely a well-deserved award. If she could have jumped through the phone, I think she would have. She was very <laughs> excited. <laughs> well, you know, that's proof that good things happen to good people. Yeah, and you know, the trip to Jordan doesn't sounds like a true adventure, too, doesn't it? I know. Do you sleep with the Bedouins? I know. And meet the horses? princess and go to the royal stables? And I know. Give me a coupon code for that. <laughs> I don't know. It's 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 exciting and all kinds of scary and you know thought provoking and everything all at once because it's so exotic. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's equitracking. I mean, that's what you know. That show content. That's what helped bring them to the Emmys. Yeah, definitely. And I can't wait to watch that one. It's going to be interesting to see what she finds in the desert. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking about interesting, I have a. Can I tell a funny story first? Fine, if Can you have I to. please? Yes. So we're talking about deserts. My brother-in-law is a Green Beret, and he was in the first desert storm way, way back, you know, 10, 12 years ago. 
uh, when they were trying to liberate Kuwait after uh, Saddam had taken over Kuwait. Well, he was with the Kuwaitis because he was a Green Beret. He was training the what was left of the Kuwaiti army, and they were on the border during that 40 days of, of bombing that we did. Mm-hmm. And he, he would hear the planes going over, you know, 24 hours a day and that kind of thing. But they were in the middle of the desert. He actually had a picture he showed us. It was the one tree within like 80 mile, square miles. Uh-huh. It was just this one little tree growing up out of the sand. And he had this picture of it with all of them around this tree. But so they were there with the Kuwaitis in the desert, uh, training them and getting ready to be the first in the invasion force that went in. And they were the first in the invasion force that went in. But he said the food was kind of scarce. And and when you're a Green Beret, you rely on the locals, in this case, the Kuwaiti soldiers, to feed you. And he said every single day of the 40 days they were there, they would disappear into the desert and come back with a goat. He He didn't know where they got the goat. He didn't know how they got the goat. He said, we never asked, but that's what you had for dinner every night was goat and rice. And, of wow. course, they eat it all out of the big center bowl, and everybody just takes their hands and scoops. Sure. Um, he, to this day, cannot even look at a goat. He said he will never eat goat again. He said he, if they're in a field, he can't even look at them. He's <laughs> so sick of eating goat. Why that story came out? Oh, Bedouins in deserts. That's how that story well, came out. I was going to say, where do we, how do we get the goats <laughs> in the desert? So, so 40 days of eating goat and rice. Yes, pretty much. Yeah, that's okay. what they had every day. Okay. <laughs> so, Man. He was yeah. so happy when they finally invaded just so he could get some real food. <laughs> I know. Thank you to all our U.S. soldiers who gave up so much for us. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, he, he actually, uh, that particular, when they invaded his unit, they were the first into Kuwait City, which had been ravaged by Saddam's troops. And But he th- he said that was one invasion. He never fired his rifle the entire time because they just had clean sailing because the bombing had done so much. Yeah. Um, but uh, his unit, his his medic was one of the ones who saved the elephant who had been shot in the zoo. Oh, God. So, okay, we can't talk about this. Oh, no, but he saved him. So, I know. Okay. So that was a good thing. So that was uh, a very good thing. That was a very yep. good thing. That was all over even... the news back then. So uh, I know. That was... I know. I can't even ha- handle hearing about it. I, I have to just be in denial. That okay. Stuff like that well, happens. we'll de- we'll deny that and go on to uh, to Denny Chapman. Okay. <laughs> Tell us about Denny. Denny, what a great guy! And you know, it's too bad that most of his shows are, are don't really come up to uh, New England, but he is an equine entertainer extraordinaire. Um, He is definitely one of the most popular entertainers on the Western circuit. He is a professional announcer, as I said, an equine entertainer, a trainer and clinician. He's probably most well known for his mounted MC work. He's done singing cowboy performances and um, specialty training clinics. And let's not forget his um, accomplishments as a trick rider and mounted shooting rider. I hope I got that right. Well, we'll uh, find out. <laughs> yeah, Denny's been featured. I hope you many... got it right. He carries a gun, for God's sake. <laughs> and he jumps through fire, for goodness sake. I know. You're in trouble if you got it wrong. I hope we're saying his name right. No, Denny has, <laughs> as, uh, he's, he's been featured at many prestigious horse fairs, rodeos, and equine events. So let's get on and uh, talk to Denny. Welcome. Well, hi, Denny, and welcome to the Stable Scoop Show. Well, hi, guys. How are you? Good. You know, it's always fun to have another entertainer on. Well, I'm uh, I'm pleased to be a part of your show. I'm a fan of your show. I've heard it on several occasions. As a matter of fact, uh, recently I heard you interview uh, one of my buddies, Templeton Thompson. Oh, Templeton oh, yeah. was actually co-hosting for Helena last week. Yep. Well, 
there you go. <laughs> so do, you guys, do you ever, since, since you are known for being a singing cowboy, have you done any singing with Templeton? I have not. You know, I'd, I'd love to do that, and uh, I by no means uh, put myself on the, on the same level as Templeton's a, a professional recording artist. I just happen to be a lucky, I think, uh, multi-talented entertainment sort of cowboy who can hold a tune, and, and uh, I think a few venues have caught on to that, and they've been asking me to sing a little bit for them, and I enjoy it, but I would love to sing with Templeton. That would be an honor. <laughs> well, and I'm sure she would love to. She's just the nicest, sweetest person you ever meet. She sure is. She's genuine. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah there's not a lot uh, that you don't see there with Templeton. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is true. So <laughs> how did you gal. get started doing the uh, professional entertainer thing? Well, totally by accident, <laughs> really, I think. Um, I've, always, I've always been a horseman. Well, when I say always, I mean since I was a teenager. I didn't grow up with horses. I guess, can I back up and tell you the yeah, whole story? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Time you have. Wait, let me get um, comfortable. Like, i got to put my feet up. Hold on. This is the best part about think, being on the Internet. Yeah, <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm yeah. adjusting my chaps here. Whoops. Okay, right. um, I, I got interested in horses about the same time. I really started getting interested in girls. You know, uh, uh, 13, That's not a coincidence, is it? <laughs> no, I, I guess not. Move, it's not. actually. <laughs> yeah, I grew up in southern Illinois in a rural area, and uh, I didn't have horses, but I was in a very small town, and most of my buddies were on farms, and any chance I had to jump on somebody's uh, old backyard horse, I would. But I started, uh, I, I worked at a fox hunting stable, cleaning stalls and, and cleaning the hound kennels in exchange for riding lessons when I was about 13. So that was my first experience with horses under guidance. And it just kind of flourished from there. And I rode horses through college. I was on a couple different collegiate equestrian teams. And by the time I graduated college, I went straight to work for the Kentucky Horse Park, uh, which um, I know you guys are very familiar with. And um, my, uh, well, I have to back up. I studied equine science and journalism radio TV at Murray State University and learned a lot there about horses and um, kind of trying to figure out what I want to do with my with my horse career. So I graduated college, went straight to the Kentucky Horse Park, and I had several different job descriptions while I was at the park. Most of them involved uh, hands-on work with horses. Um, and the last several years I worked there, I, it, it, grow, it grew to the point that I had my own show there, and it was called Denny Chapman's Best of the West, and I was kind of a one-man Wild West show with special guest performers on occasion. Huh. But uh, so I have, I'll have i back make, up a little bit. Yeah, how did you make the leap from fox hunting to yeah. Western Rock? Yeah, well, don't get me wrong. I wasn't one of those privileged fox hunting kids. I really, you know, I, I took lessons on some well-skilled horses and worked really hard for it. But I guess I was in, in the right place at the right time. I, um, well, as a kid, and I was learning from these people at this stable with these really talented horses uh, and brave horses. I should tell you, a good fox hunter, you can point them at anything and you just better yeah. hang on because you're going over it. Yes. But I met a guy who was showing cutting horses and he to introduced me to the world of cow horses and western performance horses. From there, I kind of met some folks and learned to ride reiners. Um, I showed working cow horses. I learned how to team rope. I, I was uh, learned how to head and heel both. I ended up kind of liking the healing end of things. And so by the time I graduated college and went to the Kentucky Horse Park, um, I, I was well into horses. Um, I was an AQHA member. I was, uh, I was competing in several different disciplines. And I had a good wide variety of 
English and Western and dressage and, and some stuff like that, but no entertainment stuff. But while I was working at the park, I was exposed to a lot of really neat people. And the one person that was most influential on who I am and where I am today is Mary Rivers, who now is my better half. And um, uh. she used to come to the Forge Park as a clinician. Um, in a nutshell, Mary just uh, is probably has more knowledge in, in different disciplines of riding and entertainment than probably any one person in the world. And uh, she, uh, she and I hit it off as buddies. Um, she taught me a lot. Um, she she taught me to trick ride. She taught me to roam and ride. She taught me how to work trick horses. And I knew, I knew a little bit. I dabbled, you know, um, as a youngster in some of these things and just trying things out and being wild and crazy like kids will. But my last f- 15 years or so, I really learned a lot, and I have to credit Mary with a lot of that, and uh, kind of made me who I am today. Well, most what's, definitely did. What's roam and ride? Roman riding is, uh, Tommy also Roman rides, it's standing up one foot on each horse, riding two oh. horses at once standing up. Roman, as in Roman, Italy, Roman, Roman riding, okay. Correct, yeah. yeah. So so you and, so uh, you met Mary, she introduces you to this whole new world of riding and, and training. Yeah. Did you at the time have any goals or aspirations as a horseman? Um, you obviously have a great education behind you, you've got now this whole new education. Did you say... I've got this wonderful knowledge base, and now this is what I want to do with it. Absolutely. I said, i got to do this stuff. i got to do it. i I got to do my – this is what I'm going to do with my life. Yeah, Yeah. because I learned later in life, and I probably didn't – I didn't uh, start trick riding and Roman riding until I was in in my uh, late 20s, early 30s. So I learned really, really late in life. And I'm 41 now, so – and I'm still Roman riding. I don't trick ride anymore. Um my uh my shoulders kind of have have started wearing out uh, <laughs> after uh, several years of spinning big loops uh in my best of the west show my shoulders say i've had enough but i still roam and ride and and i still work trick horses i still do some stunt work and things like that but i entertain uh, i'm more of a variety entertainer i do a lot of stuff i guess jack of all trades is the term you know any good cowboy entertainer variety entertainer can can trick rope a little do some whip artistry, you know, with the cowboy whips, um, maybe sing a little, uh, work the trick horses, ride a high-schooled horse, maybe Roman ride, trick ride a little bit. And that's, that's kind of who I am. But I kind of concentrate on a lot of interaction with the audience. And I think that's what sells me. Uh, I think that's why I have a lot of recurring contracts, because I work a lot off of my personality and having fun. And, um, I, you know, I speak to the audience a little bit more than the average entertainer does. And of course, with the singing, I, I, I love to sing, and that's always that's always um, been successful for me as well. So, I'm not, I, you know, um, there are so many good equine entertainers out there, and I could go, I could name, you know, a dozen names for you right now who are probably really, really, you know, I couldn't touch them in their one discipline that they do. But I'm so lucky to be do, doing all these different things. And the mounted shooting, I didn't even talk about that. Yeah, I was just gonna. I that's in, what I was gonna ask about because that makes yeah. you a little bit different. It does, and really, I've developed a whole separate sort of sideline career just from the sport of cowboy-mounted shooting. Um, now, and if you've you never do, heard of it, what will you do? Right, tell us to, for those of that haven't been to a rodeo and seen you perform, or haven't been to one of yeah. your performances. What What do you do when you do that? 
okay, an average an average rodeo special act where you come and see me. Well, I have one act right now that one of my sponsors, Suncoast Betting, is particularly fond of, and I call it the Suncoast Surfing Cowboy. And uh, I enter the arena to a mix of uh, Junior Brown Surf Medley and Wipeout on my <laughs> Roman team, running into the arena, uh, Roman riding, and I'm wearing a Hawaiian shirt, and my horses are wearing beach blankets under their Roman riding pads, which are special... Uh, they look like sort of like bareback pads, but they're customized for me, you know, that I can stand on. And they have Hawaiian lays around their necks, and it's uh, it's very sort of beach and festive. And, and anyway, I'd enter on my Roman team, and I'd run around the arena and stop and salute the crowd. And, and I would do some fire stunts with the horses, and serpentine, these flaming fire poles that shoot a flame, you know, two or three feet in the air, and I'd split them. And... Um, Oh, at some point, I'd take one horse, and he would lay down and sit up and refuse to get up and do a little comedy for me. And and uh, a little bit later in the act, this is all kind of crammed into like about seven minutes, because that's what most rodeos want is about a, give or take, about a seven-minute act. And, uh, you know, I jump on the other horse. I do a little mounted trick shooting. Uh, I jump now, a fire jump. Now, what's mounted trick shooting? What do you do there? Well, we're using black powder blanks and shooting balloons with them on the run while galloping by them. Ah, I even have okay. some that, that flame up and explode, sort of uh, pyro effect, that, ah. that kind of make it really exciting. So, yeah, this mounted shooting thing has really, really grown. It's uh, You know, I use it in my entertainment, and I stick it in my special acts where I can. And uh, um, I'm, a, I'm a professional cowboy-mounted shooter. Um, I compete in this sport much like a professional rodeo cowboy does on a professional basis, and I'm also a clinician for the sport, and I train horses for the sport. It's a very good business for me, and I've been able to kind of intertwine that into the entertainment. It's it's Wild West, you know. You know, if I lay one yeah. of my horses down and pull out an old uh, Winchester 66 Yellow Boy rifle like you see in the cowboy movies and lay over my horse and take a couple shots, I often do this stunt in my acts, and, and uh, people are just... Uh, not only amazed that I have a horse that will put up with that, but the fact that I'm um, actually, it's, uh, well, I don't know, it's just cool cowboy stuff. And you pull out a gun and start shooting, uh, shooting oh, what, these, what, these what, blanks. No, everybody loves that stuff. Especially us guys. I'm guessing that you work mostly with quarter horses, yeah? I do mostly, but you know, we have Frisians and we have Frisian Arab crosses and I've worked with warm bloods because, you know, I do, I can ride, you know, we ride dancing horses and high school horses as well. Although I'm really kind of, I really kind of specialize in the wild west stuff and that's, that's mostly quarter horses. What's a, what's a high schooled horse? Well, a high schooled horse from an entertainer's point of view is a horse that will march, Spanish walk, bow, um, rare, piaf, passage, things like that. Kind yeah, that's of fancy. A, that's a lot of what Tommy does. Tommy does a yeah. lot of that stuff. Yeah, he does fancy yeah. dressage movements, but kind of uh, circus style for entertainment. Yeah, Tommy's Tommy does that stuff as well, and and we also do liberty work. Tommy does some great liberty work too. If you've never seen uh, seen his stuff, it's really awesome. So when you get a horse in for that, that's going to be that you're going to train. Well, let's say okay for for your group of horses, one of your horses. How what is the ideal age that you like to start training a horse for the type of work that you do together? Well, it just kind of depends, you know. Um, I have uh, I have about six horses, I guess now in, in the string that either perform or, or are backup horses or ready to perform or compete because, as I said, I do this professional competition as well. 
And uh, my personal preference is it's about a 14 three-hand quarter horse or paint horse of a quarter type. You know, paint horses can be thoroughbred or quarter horse. Right. About 14 three-hands because they're, they're low to the ground, easy to jump on and off, that sort of thing. And I like a horse that's a little bit of a troublemaker, um, <laughs> that, that likes to be a little mouthy or likes to, maybe a little overly curious because they tend to make good trick horses. I like an athletic horse. I don't care if they're registered or not. I look at their confirmation and make sure they're, they um, uh, have good legs and they're not too long in the pastern and all sort of things. I like a close, short-coupled horse. And they'll kind of let me know what their job description is going to be. We'll play with them. Mary taught me this, you know. She used to ride on one of the, um, she rode on the world-famous white stallions, I think it was called, one of the Lipizzan shows. And they would get young horses and put them in the pillars. In other words, they'd kind of cross time, and they'd just kind of play with them. And the horse would eventually show them what their talent would be. And I'd, I'd do that kind of the same thing. Um, i play with them until they show me kind of what I, they, they tell me what their job description is going to be. I rarely say, well, this is going to be a trick horse. This will be a fire jumping horse. This will be a hind leg walking horse. This will be this and that. I, I kind of let the horse tell me. And you gotta, you gotta know what to look for. Are you dealing mostly with a blank canvas or will you take a horse that's had a previous career and, you know? <laughs> that's a good question. I'd rather have a blank canvas, but you know, my best trick horse and if you look in some of these magazines, like Hoof Beats and some of these magazines you see down in the southeast, you'll see a Suncoast ad with me and one of my horses, a little done quarter horse, and he's sitting down on a bag of shade, bag of Suncoast bedding, and smiling, and I'm sitting down in front of him. That's Dusty. And I got Dusty when he was 12 <laughs> and reschooled him and made a Roman ride and a trick horse out of him. And he is but, you know, I think he was kind of the exception of the rule because yeah. he fit all the categories I liked. And uh, a friend of mine had him, and he'd been turned out in the paddock for a long time. He really, I just fell in love with him. I started fooling with him. And against my better judgment, I started just kind of putting some training on him for my friend. And, and next thing I knew, I had the horse, and I trained him some more. And I told my friend, you just better let me just buy this horse. So <laughs> I broke down and sold Dusty to me, and, and he is He's such a great horse. He's now the the spokes horse. Is that a word? Spokes horse? I guess. It is now. Person. <laughs> if you want it to be, anyway, it he's is. He's the <laughs> bedding horse. Yeah. So he's the exception to the rule. But, yeah, I, I kind of rather have a, a blank canvas because, um, you know, I still uh, do horse training for a living. We take horses in for training, and not just for trick and specialty training, but we'll take horses and, and start them for people and, and things like that. And that's part of our living as horse people. And um, Tommy does the same thing. We have to we have to do that to supplement our living because, you know, we're not performing somewhere, you know, 52 weekends of the year. We, we'd like to be, but the economy is, as, uh, dictates that we have to do some more things. How, how often so, are uh, you out? Are you out 20 weeks of the year or are you... Well, the, I tell you, the simple answer is go to DennyChapman.com and click um, click on my upcoming events link, and you will be amazed okay. at how busy I am. And I can't put an exact number on it, but holy cow. You, just just take a quick gander at it, and you'll be like, oh, boy. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I was looking for yeah, something yeah. up here in the northeast there, Denny, but I'm not seeing anything. Up in hmm. the northeast? Mm-hmm. Where are you located? Well, I'm now in Rhode Island, but, you know, Boston, oh, New England the, sort yeah. of area. The last time I was up your area, I did a mounted shooting clinic up in uh, Pennsylvania, and I think it's been about a year and a half ago. Holy but crap, it, Denny. I, yeah, the I nice just looked thing at about, the list. 
<laughs> I know. <laughs> Holy crap. The nice thing about living down here in Ocala, Florida, is this is rodeo country and uh, horse country all year long. And so I don't have to travel as much as uh, as much as much uh, I did when I was up in the central Kentucky area. Matter of fact, I even had a contract to um, entertain in Waterloo, Iowa, at the National Cattle Congress for an event a couple of years ago, and they hired me to drive up all the way from Ocala, all the way up to Waterloo and back. But that was kind of, I could kind of pick and choose. And, you know, I got a call from, uh, it's like Oregon or Northern California not too long ago. And I said, you know, I really, I'm not really excited about hauling my horses that far. And, and I referred them to some, some other good entertainers. And, and I can kind of pick and choose because between the entertaining the training, the mounted shooting competitions and clinics I do, we're, we're doing okay. Well, I'll tell yeah. you what, Denny, you're going into my old stomping ground here. I uh, performed it as a, uh, at the Renaissance Fair in Pennsylvania for a lot of years, and then owned my own acting company doing medieval feasts. And I see here you're oh, doing cool. the hog, the, is it Hogtown? The Hogtown. Hogtown yeah, Hog- Medieval Fair, yeah. In Hogtown Medieval Fair, yeah. If you go to my blog spot, which is dennychapman.blogspot.com, you'll have to go back through the archives. You'll see pictures of me Roman riding in uh, sort of medieval medieval attire on my guys and yeah i know they didn't have quarter horses back in but you know what when i come out doing it then people don't think about that they no just you know what there were a lot of <laughs> anachronisms when we performed yeah yeah <laughs> we actually we take uh you're right yeah i hear you we take uh, a lot several of our frisians to that event as well oh yeah that would be great there actually put them in some of those thing. medieval outfits especially we do we have um we have sort of our own string of trick riders and Roman riders. Matter of fact, we've got a young lady living with us named Stephanie Cons, who came down from Ontario, Canada, and we got her. Uh, we went through the whole official process and got her work permit, and she is our apprentice uh, entertainer and trainer. And um, she does an adagio act on one of our Frisians, which is like artistic trick riding, and um, which is really neat. And she does that at the Hogtown Medieval Fair. So anybody who's listening who's down in the Florida area or wants to come down uh, when it's when it's cold up north, uh, they can probably Google that uh, Hogtown Medieval Fair online. They can come and meet me and Steph and Mary. Mary will be riding side saddle there in one of her Frisians. So it's oh. kind of, we kind of got a pretty neat little family. Oh, and Mary's son, Deke, is um, a third-generation cowboy performer, and he's a world-class gun spinner and whip artist. Huh. Wow. So, um, we we kind of have our own little Wild West show on one. Yeah, property. I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, so how in do we get you guys? Every day. How do we matter get fact, you guys to come fact, up? Any given day, any given day, you drive out to our place. You might see us schooling. We we have a new Roman team that a friend of mine uh, gave me his old chariot team, Jim Hall, up from Michigan. Matter of fact, he had a team of chariot horses that were the mascots for Michigan State University, I believe it was. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. So I don't used know, to you do guys the football games. Yeah. Anyway, you might see a school and a new uh, Roman team while while one of the kids is practicing trick riding, or maybe I'm breaking in a new mounted shooting horse or something, and Deke might be out um, spinning some guns or doing some fast draw. And so we, it literally kind of looks like a Wild West circus. I was going to say, so we got we got Roman wild. riding and them all shooting at each other. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, That's a perfect right. family. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, it's a Denny. Fun life. What can I say? I, you know what? You're you're leading a great life, and we we often get questions from teenagers, and we've covered this many times on the show. Is is you know every teenage girl, especially, wants to grow up to be yeah. a, in the 
working in the horse world. And I think what we've proved by doing this show, Helena, is that there's more to work. There's a ton of different opportunities in the horse world, just some of them not as traditional as others. Right. Right. And you need I would to agree. If there's something you think you want to do, I mean, would you say this is true, Denny? If there's something you want to do, ask. Just ask. Yes, Yes, Elena, absolutely. It's just a matter of finding the right resource. We have young ladies from all over the country that will come down to us in the summer, uh, pardon me, in the wintertime that want to learn how to trick ride. And we'll have, you know, trick riding camps. And um, there are, even though trick riding is still kind of considered a dying art, we're seeing a little bit of a reemergence of it. And most of them are started out as little girls who loved horses and wanted and aspired to do something special with those horses. Um, Aaron Mullis, Abigail Peterson, um, our, our, our apprentice, Stephanie, um, just to name a few, there are many, many good, you know, girl trick riders out there. And, and yes, you do have to be creative. You do have to, be, you know, Sometimes you have to create your own work. You have to market yourself properly. But it's just a matter of finding the right resource to pursue those aspirations. Well, I mean, and that's, and, that's and what the, we did. The opportunities, the opportunities <laughs> are there. You just have to kind of make it happen. Yeah, I mean, that's what we did. We, you know, there were no radio shows that we could work on that were about horses, so we yeah. created one. You know, it's, that's per- perfect. Absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, because I kind of got started later in life. I mean, I got lucky. I talked this. I talked uh, the Kentucky Horse Park into let me show them what I was capable of. And then they said, oh, yeah, let's do this. And we sort of created our deal. But I had to work at it. Had to work at it hard, and I really had to make a good presentation. But it worked. And that's <laughs> a, a big part of who I am and where I am today. And I'm so blessed and thankful for that. Well, well we're thankful you did yeah, it, too. Yeah, we're great. Too. Yeah, what, so it's, it's Denny, D-E-N-N-Y, Chapman, C-H-A-P-M-A-N.com. That's and right. You can find out more information about Denny. You can see videos and pictures of what he does. And, and yeah, check uh, out the surfing cowboy stuff. Yeah, um, yep. yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's a surfing cowboy clips. Guys, I have to tell you, I've had some great support by some. Can I mention a couple of my sponsors that sure. you'll be familiar with? You Main bet. and Tail, uh, Suncoast Bedding, Main and Tail, Impact Gel Saddle Pads. Um, there's a guy down in Alto, Georgia, Rod Kibler Saddlery, that. Um, has taken care of my uh, my pro gear for my mounted shooting, my leather, and Taylor's and Company Firearms even let me help design a brand new mounted shooting gun model they're going to have out in a couple of months. So I got a lot of little hot irons in you the fire right now. You have your own gun. I have, I have, a, I have a lot. I have my own gun. Yeah, it's called the running <laughs> iron. Yeah, you can go You've to taylorsfirearms.com and check it out. It's pretty neat. <laughs> How many cowboys can say they got their own gun? Now, Does cool. fire come out the end, and you know <laughs> things like it's, that, or? When you put the when you put those mounted shooting blanks in them, they sure do. <laughs> you bet. Does yeah. it have a little mustache on it, or you left that off? Okay. No, you have to do that yourself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been great. We thank you so much for stopping by, and uh, you know, I you encourage bet. everybody to stop by there, see the videos, go to YouTube and look them up too. There's a bunch of them on there. Um, yeah, anybody out there who wants to ask a question, you know, send me an email. I've got an email link on my website. I'd love to help out young people. Uh, who love horses, want to know more about them, and, and specifically want to know about, more about equine entertainment. All right, Denny. Thanks a lot. We cool. appreciate it. Well, that was a lot of fun. Denny's a great guy. He would make a good, you know, if I ever can't be on the show here, he would make a good co-host too, wouldn't he? He's got that talent. 
He's got that talent. He's got the the passion, the enthusiasm, and the radio voice. And the radio voice, exactly. I was jealous, actually. I didn't tell him that. You've got a good radio voice. (laughs) Can you sing, though? No, I can't sing. See, he can sing. We ought to get him and Templeton on for the Christmas show. (gasps) Remember we talked about uh, with Templeton having a Christmas show where she sings some Christmas songs and stuff? Yes. Wouldn't it be great to get Denny and have them do their first duet together like we talked about just now? Yeah. That would there be, we go. we're going to have to keep that. That'd be great for our Christmas show. Okay. We always kind of keep that light and, you know, just fluffy. That's light and fluffy. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's us, light and fluffy. If you want light and fluffy, <laughs> stablescoop.com. Uh, <clears throat> I may be light and fluffy in personality. I don't think I'm so much light and fluffy in the build, actually. I got the fluffy down, the light, not so much. <laughs> Uh, that's because I cook too much and your husband cooks too much. That's the problem. That is the problem. My wife's been complaining. You've been feeding me too well. Your wife? (laughs) So it's not many wives that can complain about that, I think. Has she been cooking? No, I've been cooking. She said, you've been feeding me too well, she said. Oh, oh, she said that. Yeah, yeah. She's complaining I'm feeding her too well. Yeah, Jennifer and I have that in common. It's our talents in terms of cooking come to uh, using a can opener. Right. And saying to your husband, what's for dinner tonight? Mm. Yeah. Hey, you got a professional cook in your house, though. It's even worse in your case. No. <laughs> no. Well, everybody, be sure to listen in next week as we speak about the personality of the horse. We have a couple of great guests on with us, and we're going to talk about horses' personalities. They all have them. You know, it's funny because people that don't know about horses just assume they're just blobs and they don't really each have personalities, individual, unique ones. I know a few blobs. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've owned a few blobs, actually. <laughs> but, but you know, most of them have personalities, and, and some of them just... And that's something I really want to talk to them about, is some have more personality than others. I guess just like humans. Um, but, you know, what really... What, what develops that personality? You know, have they determined, is it genetic? Is it, uh, is it environmental? You know, what is it that develops that personality? I guess that goes back to the same question with humans. Right, nature versus nurture. Exactly. So I think that there's a lot of places we can go with that, talking about the per. And they also have put together uh, the lists of personalities that horses have. So I'm interested to hear the lists, and we can all relate to certain ho- horse personalities, I'm sure. Because we, yeah. we've uh, anybody that's owned a number of horses has owned multiple different personalities. Mm-hmm. Some of them all in the same horse. Uh, <laughs> yeah, your wife, for, for example. Yes, exactly. <laughs> She's had some real winners. She likes off-the-track thoroughbreds, and some of them have been absolutely the most wonderful horses ever, and some have just been psychotic and should have been on medicine. And But are still, there's, there's, there's something to love. You know, I just recently coming off caring for um, an ex-racing, show-jumping thoroughbred mare who's now retired, and you know, everybody calls her crazy, but she's not crazy. She's actually, she's a little hot, but she's very predictable. And right. I think once you get to know these, these quote unquote crazy horses, um, you realize that they're really, they're just, they're not so crazy. So I think talking about the different types of personalities is going to be so, so interesting for a lot of people. You know, you're just talking about retired racehorses. I wanted to mention that on the Eventing Radio Show this week, you can find it at eventingradio.com, we have a gentleman on who's putting on a clinic in Maryland on, uh, it's like a two-day clinic, or one, one or two-day clinic, on how to train X racehorses, uh, the proper way to train X racehorses. And he has a whole day lined up of uh, some very, uh, very good trainers and things. I think it's going to be an excellent clinic, so you can hear about that at eventingradio.com. And, of course, we have an X racer here in the house. We have a greyhound. And well, yeah, it's amazing yeah. how much 
Greyhounds and thoroughbreds have in common. They have a lot of common traits. Um, huh. Which is very interesting because one is a predator and the other's a prey animal. Exactly, which we talked about. Interesting that you mentioned that, and it reminds me, we got an email that I wanted to read to everybody. Last week, we talked about how similar cats and horses were. Yeah. It came up in the conversation. Well, we got an email from Nikki, and I thank Nikki for the email. She said, hey, I just wanted to let you know I enjoy all of your shows. I first discovered the eventing radio show earlier this year when my mayor's due date conflicted with me being able to go to Rolex. Always happens that way. (laughs) I looked online for a way to follow what I was missing at Rolex and discovered your show. Since that time, I subscribed to your podcast for Venting Radio, Stable Scoop, the Dressage Radio, 2010 Radio, and Horse Tip Daily. Wow. And she felt a need, I guess, in case we forgot which shows we do to list them. Um, (laughs) Well, we do. She knows us, Ben. She has been listening. I love them all and love that I can download the podcast and listen to them on the go or at the barn. Thanks for bringing such great shows to all of us. Also, a comment regarding the show I listened to on Stable Scoop last week. Another way that horses and cats are similar is in their cardio system. I had a very ill horse that I had to take to Ohio State University for a Doppler EKG, and the vets kept talking about cats as they were looking at my horse's heart, and I must have given them a crazy look. They explained that heart issues aren't as common in horses, so they look at studies with cats to compare to horses because their cardio systems are very similar. Much smaller, though. <laughs> yeah, but, but you know, I, I mean, I've owned cats all my life, and uh, knock on wood, I've never had one... Uh... With a heart problem. Yeah, that's interesting, though. I did not know this. I've uh, a lot of cats. And she says, thought that was interesting, and it was something I never knew before. Thanks again. Well, thank you, Nikki, for writing that email. You taught us something as well. We didn't know that either. And it just gave me a good idea for a new show or an, a show topic. Uh, you know, a day in the life of a, a equine veterinary hospital staff member. Yeah, that would be, you know, or yeah. You, a vet tech, you know. You couldn't even talk about the elephant that was saved, and you want to go talk to a vet tech about all the sad cases coming into an emergency room? Yeah, but that's different. That's not intentional. Well, I mean, I'm sure they get their their share of... Yeah, I'm sure they get some intentional (laughs) things, things, but... Yeah, no, it's it's the cruelty I can't deal with. I can deal with accidents and blood and guts and, and the general ups and downs of life with animals, but... Hey, and I'm sure I live in a place that has some of the biggest equine hospitals in the world. So I'm sure we could could arrange that. Well, I always say I'd love to be a fly on the wall in, you know, in the operating room or something. So let's let's see if we can be the Stable Scoop radio show on the wall. There we go. All right. Well, Helena, we're going to have to wrap things up for today. I did want to remind everybody that we have a whole bunch of other shows on the network. You can find them all at horseradionetwork.com. They're easy to find. And you also our show notes with all the links from today to Denny's site and, and to Equitracking can all be found at stablescoop.com. And at Stablescoop, you also find a contact link. So like Nikki, if you want to send us an email, we'd love to hear from you. And just drop us an email. Just go to the contact link on the website, and you can do that. And, of course, we have to thank Equestrian Collections for being our our sponsor on the show today. We love Equestrian Collections, and you can follow Equestrian Collections or us on Facebook. Just go to Facebook and search for Equestrian Collections or search search for Stable Scoop Radio Show and become a fan of the show. We'd appreciate that for sure. So now that you're moved, Helene, are you going to be on the show for a while? I am going to be on the show for as long as you'll have me. Oh, darn. 
What am I going to do about having the three? We have to have a show with you and two other girls then. So you yeah, can no, say no, that. No, no, no. What if so we have you... a show with, like, <laughs> how about, well, I don't know, like George Clooney or something? Oh, okay, there you go. Maybe three guys in you. That would be fine. <laughs> <laughs> but one of them's going to have to be my husband. I mean, I just can't get around that. So. Okay. <laughs> We're going to have the worst husband show coming up, too. We can't forget in the beginning of the year. Right? I don't want to talk about the winter yet. Though. Oh, okay. Yeah, that is true. You still live in a wintry country. You didn't move far enough south. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, until we meet again next week, Helena. We will be back next week with the scoop. <laughs>